0: Hey, Beva fans, Matthew Gibson here from Blue Collar Unplugged. When you want to show that Alabama pride, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, an amazing college vault of vintage and throwback logos, plus gifts and accessories. The best part? Alabama students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store, and you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass Rewards program. Alumni Hall, located in Midtown Village across from University Mall or anytime at alumnihall.com. Alumni Hall, where Crimson Tide fans shop.
1: You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it three seconds. Two Sexton at one. Ah, oh, it's gone! It's gone! It's gone! Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler.
2: That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home.
1: Matthew
0: Gibson. You had Alabama fans
2: selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans
1: for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. 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 So either A, Alabama basketball is forever... It's it built it. on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk Enjoy the show.
2: Alright, welcome back. Blue Collar Unplugged Season 2, Episode 10. Uh, I'm here with Matthew and Jacob, as always. Uh, after the Iron Bowl of basketball... We saw Alabama go into Neville Arena in Auburn and get the 77-69 to 69 victory. Uh, we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to give you um, a Tennessee preview. A uh, big game coming up on Wednesday. We're going to give you, what else are we talking about? Alabama's number a, one. A ranking. Woo! Alabama is number one in the newest AP poll. I guess we can start with that, or we can start with the game. What, what should we talk about first? Mm-hmm.
1: It's no mm-hmm. ranking because there's not too much to say.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about the ranking. Um, Alabama's number one in the newest AP poll um, over uh, Purdue, who lost to Northwestern, over Houston, made the jump over Houston. Um, really big for the program, just the fact that NATOs has brought this program in just four short years almost uh, from losing in the first round of the NIT to being ranked number one. Um, just speaks volumes about what he's been able to do matthew what are what are your thoughts on that ranking just off the top of your head
0: yeah i mean this is sort of a just a culmination of the last couple of years of what Oates has built here i mean i it's it's pretty unreal to think about where alabama was just you know three four years ago under avery johnson um you know for alabama fans i'm sure it felt like they were kind of stuck in the abyss of mediocrity there for a mm-hmm. while and um Oates came in and he's built one hell of a program i i you know it we saw that, um, you know, in 2021 with the SEC title sweep and the Sweet 16. We're seeing it again this year. Um, but, you know, Bama's projected for, you know, being right now the number one overall seed, which, again, never, never happened. happened in Bama history. Never, never, ha- never had a one seed in Bama history. Two is so, the
2: highest, right? Two is the highest. Two was like a couple times.
0: So this is unprecedented waters for Alabama, and it's just, uh, you know, the number one ranking is sort of just another one of those things where it's like, wow, look at where this program has come.
2: hmm
1: I think it's, you know, the the rankings we've discussed at length about uh, the AP itself and the value it actually provides. Nothing. Yeah, no, it it's, doesn't. It's matter. meaningless.
2: It means nothing, but
1: but it could mean something. For it kind us. of means something. It it's cool for recruiting purposes. Oh, it's it is cool yes. to see that number one next to your name. Like it, it's just a, it's a big brand marketing thing.
2: So yeah, exactly. Like for sure, it doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of like just the season. Obviously, because even Oates talked on "Hey Coach" last night, and I think Gurley said it today, or someone said it in the press conference that like they they have bigger goals than just being ranked number one in a poll during yes, the season. And that's what I was getting at. But. Um, and and they know that, but at the same time, like recruiting purposes, like Jacob said, like see the 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 national recognition of seeing your team ranked number one means something even though in the context of the season it doesn't mean a whole lot. And even, Matthew, your tweet yesterday, you were talking about everything that Oates has done, accomplished since he's shown up at Alabama with um, two SEC championships, at least one more on the way The way things are looking with the regular season could be locked up by Alabama here in the next week or two. Um, On top of a sweet 16, um, multiple top 10 recruiting classes, and now just to add a number one ranking to that list. Um, it definitely shows just what Nate has brought this program to. On top of just multiple extensions, he might get another one at this rate. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I saw people on Twitter that were like, give him another extension now. Like, um, Just incredible what he's been able to do from a program that four years ago was a perennial bubble team. And, like, obviously that's not as bad as it could be. And people try to, like... I see people try to compare Oates and Pearl with where their programs were inherited and and things like that. Like Alabama was never bottom of the SEC, like what we're seeing with like LSU this year. We never saw that from Alabama, but it was an every year bubble team probably being left out, has the potential to get there, but can never win the big games. And so we've seen Oates take Alabama to that next step and be able to uh, get a number one ranking, which is really cool to see. First time in 20 years. First time in 20 years. How old were you when that happened? I was, it was December, right? Yeah, I think it was
0: December, what, 2002, 2003?
1: 2002. I 2002.
2: and 30th was the week. I was seven months old. Whew. Yeah. Oh. What about, you were almost a year. I
1: was almost a year. They, they lost the ranking the day before my first birthday. Tried That's a shame. I was really, really excited to see it, on my <laughs> like you know, it. It is what it
0: is. I was March 01, so I've been, I've no, a little We've bit older than y'all. Been around the block. Around <laughs> the block. <laughs> I remember it,
2: guys. <laughs> but one thing that um, is interesting about well, actually, we'll get to that in the middle in a little bit. First, um, how they got to that number one ranking. They went into Neville Arena and beat Auburn on Saturday. Final score 77-69, As I said earlier, really intense game. The jungle brought it. As um, I, I disagreed with uh, big game boomers. Uh, student section list this week i thought (laughs) auburn student section was great um electric environment if you've never been to a game at neville arena like you gotta go
1: loud but good luck getting
2: a ticket. good luck getting a ticket yeah exactly but it is an absolutely electric environment all three of us were there um jacob what were your initial thoughts on the game like just one big takeaway that you had
1: yeah, I mean, it was just impressive to see Alabama grind that one out, I mean, which is truly what happened. That's been the recipe for Auburn teams is drag your opponents down uh, to your level of play, slow it down, grind it out, tough shots, going to run you off the line, uh, make you take contested shots that we, frankly, did not make a lot of from three, um, especially from Brandon Miller going over 7. But to see that win uh, in that manner, I, I truly thought, like, that we were going to lose a close game like this, uh, or win like by ten or fifteen, I did not expect to win this kind of like grinded out game mm-hmm. like we did. Uh, it was really impressive. There's just a lot of work down the stretch from guys like Mark Sears, Jane Bradley, Riley Griffin, that stepped up, made buckets when we needed to. Uh, were just very, very important. Also played good defense when we needed to. Uh, the first half, the defense was a little bit off. Uh, also, some of that was they just made. The shots that we gave them, and when that happens, like you just tip your cap and go make more.
0: Wendell Green's a really good basketball player. Yeah, Wendell Green's so, very good. Yeah, you gotta accept that.
1: Yeah, he he went four for nine from three, but really I thought two.
2: he made like six yes. when the game ended, six well, or yeah. seven, it and really like he good. did because he got fouled on two that's of those true. and made five of six. So that's true. Like,
1: if you have twenty-seven possible points from three, he got seventeen of them. Yeah,
2: that's, it certainly felt like he was making even more than he did. Oh yes, Matthew.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one of the bigger narratives that have kind of been floating around on Twitter and other places is it can Alabama win those games when three balls not necessarily falling at a super high clip. You know, Van was six to twenty one from beyond the arc, which it's not too awful. It's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's six, not great. It's not great, but um, if you, you want got some got, fun
2: context, that twenty eight percent is what they shot as a team last year.
0: Yeah, that's Jeez. gross. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but. Again, with that, Bama went into Auburn against a really good defense, mm-hmm. um, and they were able to finish on the inside. Mark Sears, mm-hmm. um, Jaden Bradley. Jaden Bradley, the entire game, was just a relentless, uh, you know. It was like circus shots down there. Yeah, circus shots. Getting to the line. Mark Sears was getting to the line. Rylan Griffin was getting to the line. Um, you know, they all three of those guys played really well. Um I, mean, I thought Quinterly did decent in you know, the 11 minutes that he had, to. didn't I mean, play was- a ton.
2: He had one nice drive and finish yeah, yeah. towards the beginning of the game. Um, it just wasn't – I think Oates felt that just Sears and Bradley – I mean, how do you take Bradley out when he's playing like that? You can't. He Breaking through the freshman wall that he had been dealing with, he, he had a good game against Florida. And then when he's finishing like that and he's just – like he was willing Alabama to stay in the game he around was. the mid – like middle of the second half, I think – It was like Auburn would get a bucket to go up five, and the crowd would get super into it, and you get that feeling. like In Neville Arena, when Alabama's down four, you feel like they're down ten just because of the crowd, and I think we were talking about that during the game a little bit. Um, But Auburn would make a bucket to go up five, and the crowd would get super into it, and you think to yourself, oh, goodness, if Alabama can't get a bucket here, and Auburn goes down and scores and makes it seven, and then they keep getting into it like this thing could spiral. Yeah. And every time Jaden Bradley put his head down, went straight at Jani Broom and got a bucket over him. Yeah,
0: or like Mark Sears. I mean I Bama the way they mm-hmm. you know just put pressure on Auburn's interior against a guy like Jani Broom, who's one of the better rim protectors in college basketball. And Cardwell for yeah, that. Cardwell matter, yeah, Cardwell too. It was it was impressive. I mean I, that's that's been one of the better performances we've seen from Alabama all year in terms of like attacking the basket.
2: Broom and Cardwell both rank top five in blocks per game in the SEC. Yeah, they do which is just really impressive for your starting and backup center to be that good at rim protecting and for a team to come in and shoot. What's the percentage? I don't 20, 23
1: of 28? Like 82%. What's that?
2: Percent. Yeah, that yeah. good from the paint is just incredible.
1: And for some context, that 82%, I was trying to look for a game where we had done that, at least in the last like 14 years on sports reference data. Uh, we have not. We went uh, at least on that many shots. We went 17 of 20 against Vanderbilt for 85% but to take 28 shots against that (coughs) rim defense is insane. And the advantage on the interior that we got offensively and defensively truly just did not not expect that to be the difference in a positive way Mm -hmm. for us. Uh, I was feeling like we were going to get stuffed at the rim, but draw them in and make some shots from outside, uh, which didn't happen some, but not like, I mean, they obviously did not defend the rim very well at all. So to do that was... Just really, really impressive. This team can beat you a lot of different ways.
2: And contrasting that to last year's um, eye bob is crazy because of how well Smith and Kessler protected the rim last year. Like Alabama couldn't get anything at the rim a year ago, whether it was in Coleman or in Auburn, just with how well they protect the rim. I I think Quinterly had like four or five shots just swatted by either Kessler or Smith, and so that that was one of the biggest differences this year to last year, and just their ability to get success against Auburn's defense, which is always pretty good. They always guard really well. Um, one of my um, biggest things is I felt like it it felt a lot like the Houston game down the stretch, is that like it was it was a tie game or a one-point, two-point game back and forth until about five minutes to go. And then Alabama's defense was like, okay, you're not scoring again. And then every time down, it was just like Alabama would get a stop and they'd score and it was really quiet. But all of a sudden you look up with a minute and a half left and Alabama's up by six. And you're like, when did that happen? Like that's their biggest lead of the night. And it's just so quiet of Alabama being able to just like dig their heels in and get stops against Like whether you think Auburn's a good offense or not, I don't think they're like the most efficient offense in the world, and I think the numbers back that up. But you still have to get those stops in that environment when the pressure's on you, and they were able to do that. What what lineup did Alabama have in at the end of the game? They had Sears, Miller. Was it Clown? Bettyaka was in. Yes. Griffin. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the last one was. Was it Bradley? Yeah. It was probably Bradley. Bradley. So they were running a lineup of the starters, basically, plus Griffin instead of Clowney. Yeah. So you went with uh, with four guards plus your center. And they, they were just able to get stops. And it was really, really impressive, especially on a night where, or an afternoon where the threes weren't really falling, six of 21, we already talked about that. The free throws were really bad. Certainly they were no, 13 of 23 from the free throw line. That's 56% compared to Auburn shot 22 of 26. And so really struggled from the line um, and still able to pull out an eight-point win. That's just – it shows the, the guts that this Alabama team has, the the mental maturity for a team full of freshmen to be able to do that. Like in that closing lineup, three freshmen are on the floor, mm. right? Yeah, three freshmen. Yeah four guys that are new to the program um just really really impressed with the way they were able to close that win out
0: yeah i mean and again beating yet another quality opponent when brandon miller doesn't have his best night i mean he was what over right from three that's another reason it reminded me of the yeah. houston game
2: yeah didn't miller, make a miller three didn't, didn't miller didn't make a three but what he still did is he made is it like he made an impact on the game oh, in other yeah. ways Like You you had the big poster on Flanagan that everybody saw and was a great play, but then you also had um, he had a putback at the rim off a a missed layup or something like that Mm -hmm. towards the end of the game. He um, He
0: grabbed six boards. Yeah, six Um,
2: boards, three assists. He had a steal. Um, He had a nice finish inside over over Cardwell, Mm -hmm. I think it was, in the first half, and he proceeded to tell him that he was a baby as he ran back down the court.
1: Rather emphatically. Rather
2: emphatically. The Auburn fans didn't like that one. Um, but it just shows the maturity of Miller and that he can keep his head in the game and that he can stay focused even when his shot's not falling. Because it would be really easy for a 44% three-point shooter to go 0 for 7 and mentally check out of the game. Mm-hmm. Especially with the way Auburn guards the three. And their game plan from the beginning, it was like, we're, we're not going to let you just bomb threes on us. Which is also different compared to how Auburn has guarded Alabama in the past. Because last couple, I watched the couple games from a few years ago before Saturday, and it was just Auburn Auburn in like a zone against Alabama multiple times. And Shackelford would just bomb threes from the corner. Um, Bruce would run like either a 3-2 or a 2-3, and rotations would get guys open. And this game, he was like, no, we're going to run man, and we're going to keep you from shooting threes. Like, you're not going to beat us that way. And Alabama proved that it can beat you in a variety of ways.
1: Uh, Something just really, really impressive. Uh, Coming out of the under-8 timeout that was a little bit late, Uh, it was 61-59 Alabama. Namari misses a three. Uh, Auburn immediately comes down. Wendell hits a three to go up one, and the place was crazy. Uh, Was that
2: one of those, like, he stepped in off the screen?
1: Yeah. That drop coverage, man. The the drop (laughs) coverage was not... uh, (laughs) Not working. Wasn't working.
2: (laughs) Against a guy like that, you've got to, like, just blitz him off a screen
1: to keep him from doing that. And
2: I I anticipate some of that in Coleman in a couple weeks. Absolutely.
1: Uh, But so then Rylan gets the ball, comes down, I think drives to the rim, Wendell fouls him, makes two free throws. Then comes the the Rylan block stretch into immediately a three, assisted by Brandon Miller to go up four. Uh... And that was I mean, that was a huge swing. It gave Alabama the first two possession lead of the game, uh, stretched things out, and really like and it changed the the dynamic of the game. But from the under six to the end of the game, Alabama gave up seven points. Really, it scored sixteen. You can call that fourteen and five uh, because of the the Chuck Dunk at the end and the Wendell layup as time expired, both of which were. Wendell's fault, one way or another. Uh, try, <laughs> trying to dribble out the clock, and then you keep on trying to steal bait and get your way back into a game that's clearly over. Uh, but that that stretch of play was really impressive from Rylan, and I felt like that set the tone for the last few minutes uh, where Alabama just kind of grinded it out and won the game. Played good interior defense. Uh, did really, really impressive stuff. How about Rylan
2: Griffin too? To be the leading scorer on a team where he Came off the bench. What did he have? Sixteen off the bench. uh,
0: Five or seven from the field. Three of five from deep. Three
2: of five from three. Yeah, had two blocks too. The one where he came from behind and and swatted green green without fouling him.
1: They're just talking about uh, coming out of the. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That one was just super impressive.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, To and like you know he was looking for a foul there. Like that. That's what he had done. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he had done on those on those step-in threes whenever they were somewhat contested. So just the body control to not foul there. And then the, the sequence that you were talking about when he came up and hit the step-back, like who shoot? what freshman that comes off the bench is shooting a step-back three like that in the opposing best player's face with like four minutes on the clock or whatever it was? Yeah. Like that, that's huge, like, the, the confidence that that takes. And, I mean, we've said it all season how much confidence Rylan Griffin has yeah. and how much confidence he plays with and how good that is for this Alabama team. Like, he's going to be a problem yeah. as he keeps getting older.
1: He is. And he had two threes, the other two threes in the game. One was at the the ten thirty mark in the first half. Uh, Auburn had just stretched it to five or six, I think, and cut it to three. And then in the second half um, – Auburn had gone up 49-46, missed a few free throws. We got 49-47, and then he made another three to take the lead back. Like, two, all three of his threes, like, massive momentum shifts in the game. Like, to at least keep the crowd at bay, keep Auburn at bay from getting on their momentum-heavy runs, it just truly, like, incredibly impressive performance when you needed it.
2: I have a fun Rylan Griffin stat. He has shot at least 40% from three. Every road game for the past month, wow. there was he was uh, actually 40%. He was 40% against Vanderbilt. He was two of five, and that was the worst he shot in a road game since then. He was three of six from three against Missouri, three of four against Oklahoma, four of five against LSU, and three of five against Auburn. Compared to one of four at home against Florida, two of six at home against Vandy one of five against Mississippi State, two of eight against LSU. So he, he's better on the road, which is really interesting. It is interesting. Didn't, wasn't there a thing like where Shackelford was better on the road last year?
0: Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, it was Road Shack. Road I am checking a, a graphic for it. With I think we had something about had that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, maybe Road Griffin is a thing now. Maybe so. I don't know. Because like, the way he's shooting on the road, it's, it's impressive. And he's gone for at least 12 in four of his last five games – and I think I saw some stat somewhere that he's shooting fifty-seven percent from three in his last five games. Yeah, I bet. I, believe I that mean, it sounds right. I'm
1: trying to
0: find
2: that exact stat on Twitter somewhere. It feels like he's making more correct. than
1: that, honestly. Yeah. Well, show good game log, so, uh,
2: and after a really bad start to the year shooting too, he's already up to. Let's see. To start the year, he was four. Of his first 25 three-point attempts. And he kept shooting. And now he's up to 35% from three. He's, you've seen a couple of
0: Twitter accounts talk about it. He's starting to get some some draft love, There's unfortunately, for you now.
2: Is he? Yeah. Like serious yeah. love?
0: Or like, oh, look at this kid.
2: There's he, been some like, like no ceilings for
0: NBA guys that have been like, hey, this kid's playing really well. He's got a lot of tools. He can shoot. He's athletic. He's, uh, I'm not saying he's on any boards because he's not yet. Yeah, he's not going to. like. But if he keeps playing like this down the road, that's one of the things you have to you have yeah. to watch and be like, okay.
1: A smart GM could look at that and be like. Hmm. Don't hey, tell we, Sam Presti. Yeah, d- don't, <laughs> don't literally tell Sam don't Sam tell Sam, Sam. Sam Presti. That's the second round master class. Um, yeah, he's 54% in the last five games. off. that's crazy. It's
2: nuts. I don't know if he's like, I don't think he's an NBA guy right now. No, he needs it. He, he definitely a can leads. be. He's got to. He's got to get bigger.
0: He does. That's what I was saying. He's got to yeah. get bigger. Um, got to work on defense a little bit. He gets a little overzealous. That's his thing on defense. He plays really hard. He can. He you know, plays hard. He, yeah, and he, he like, plays really likes hard. Likes to gamble I, a little bit. I can remember there was a three. I think Wendell Green hit it. He kind of, just like drove by Green and Green had an easy pull up because Griffin was just a little bit overzealous on a little him bit in yeah. the second half. But, R- Griffin's great. Um, I think he will be an NBA guy at some point. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got. All of the necessary tools. You can jump out the gym. It's got a really nice looking jump shot. I didn't
2: know he could jump. Like, I didn't know who's athletic as he was. Yeah. Like, that first drive in the first, like, four or five minutes of the game where he split whoever it was and just rose up and dunked it. It's really impressive. Oh, here's the no ceilings tweet. Alan Griffin today, you know, Al- there's a stat line. Yeah. They're trying to. He's getting to, some, love. They're, he's trying getting some to, love.
0: they're trying to put him on some boards, maybe.
2: It's also easy to, like, you, you're, you've got the number one team in the nation now. So, like, your guys are going to get looks. Like, people are going to watch you more. Um, he, he's definitely going to get looks. I I wouldn't think he would leave after this year unless he averages 20 the rest of the way. <laughs> um, but the way he's playing, it's looking like he's going to be a really good piece for Alabama even next year. I, I think he could easily be a starter, step into a bigger role like that yeah, next depends year. Depends on who leaves, but yes, right. absolutely. So, do we have anything else on on Auburn, or do we want to move on to talk about Tennessee a little bit? Uh,
1: it's great, great win. Great to see that, and now Oates is four and three against Pearl.
2: Is that right? That is right. Four and two three. Two wins one. in four.
1: two wins in Neville now. Two yeah, wins. Two,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Two and two. Two and Neville. two in Neville. Two which and is
0: one in regulation. One of the hardest places to win in college
2: basketball. It so. is. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, Alabama now sits at. 12-0 in the conference, 22-3 overall through 25 games. Best start through 25 games in – or tied for the best start through 25 games in program history. No big deal. No biggie. Is this good? I think it's good. Um, next up for Alabama is the Tennessee Volunteers, who um, sit at number 10 in the most recent <coughs> AP poll. Um 19 and 6 overall, 8 and 4 in the conference. Um, they they've had an interesting last couple games. I some, would say some really
0: some really bad luck and also just bad performances
2: in general. But you would think after the first time you would start fouling up three, right? Or you would take it or like if you're Ziegler, like at the end of the Vanderbilt game because they weren't up three against Vanderbilt. But if you're like Ziegler at the end of the Vanderbilt game and you like. You see that you had a chance to get a bucket to go up four and you didn't. You lost. Then you come back in the Missouri game You'd at
1: least and more care.
2: you have a chance to get a bucket to go up and you don't. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing?
0: Just... I mean, that's this a... losing two consecutive games.
2: Is it luck or is it bad like two game points? Management?
0: It's probably both. Honestly, yeah. the the Vanderbilt play. Vanderbilt drew up an amazing play. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. beautiful play. <laughs> <They got laughs> Missouri pulled up from like mid half quarter, if that makes sense. He was so far away and just drained yeah. it. That is, that's a, not a, that's a good shot. Dude. It was a good It was a good shot. It was, a good shot. Um, it was
1: pretty similar to the one they had to beat UCF, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the same. I don't know if it was Golston. It was the same play. guy. It was goal It was goals. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, don't. Don't let Golsan Just foul <laughs> No, no, just no, no, no.
2: Send oh. Golston to the line instead.
1: Overtime is better than losing by another yeah. Golston. But, I mean, I Eve. think it,
0: it's definitely both a little bit of bad luck and bad game management because with the Vanderbilt game, even then you had Zagajic Ziegler just pull the ball back and miss a free throw, and then yeah. you see Vanderbilt hit that beautiful it, play there. It
2: was uh, Vascovy missed the front end of a one and one mm-hmm. yeah. That's really unlucky. Really Make your free throws. Talk I about, recommend making your free throws. Talk about Vescovy They're free.
1: Um, Tennessee gets the ball. 54 seconds left against Missouri. Up three. 30 seconds left. Vescovy takes a three. Why? Right. Like,
2: what are you get, shooting get, a three for? Get,
1: get to the rim. Do something. Uh, so Missouri gets bored. Calls a timeout. Kobe Brown goes and makes a layup. Uh, Golston fouls Vescovy. To his credit, makes both. Then Missouri gets the ball back, because they they did foul up three. Went one and two from the line, and then Vescoe missed another front end.
2: Man. If you get Tennessee in the bonus, put him on the line. (laughs) Missing the front end of the one and one twice, that's really bad.
1: uh, Very wild stuff. I mean, I, I don't know how... Uh, which Missouri was up by, like, 20 at, at No, they were. This game.
2: There was a big comeback from Tennessee.
1: Yeah, the, the Missouri shots stopped falling in Tennessee's offense. It's
2: probably some of the best Tennessee's offenses looked at all year.
1: scored 53 and a half which I have to believe, like, against a real team with a pulse is the most No way they've done that another time. I would say, like, against a team, like, anything quad three or better, they can't have had more than 53 and a half.
2: I'd probably agree. Uh, so then... Now Tennessee's fifth in Ken Palm. They still have the number one defense, um, and then they have the 51st-ranked offense, according to Ken Palm. Um, Their leading scorer is Vescovy at 12 points a game, which is not a lot, but they have six guys averaging at least 8.8 points a game, which is quite impressive. That's good. You got 12.2 for Vescovy. Ziegler's right at 11, uh, was close to 11, Josiah Jordan-James nine and a a half. Nine for Phillips, right at nine for Tyreek Key. Um, but we have some injuries in this game. Uh, I think we don't know the statuses yet of Josiah Jordan-James or Julian Phillips for Tennessee. I'll double check that. I know they have been hurt and been day-to-day. And then recently we found out today that Charles Bediaco is day-to-day. For Alabama, um, apparently not as bad as, as folks originally thought. Um, Rothstein tweeted it as a, quote, minor injury. I forgot what exactly Oates said today, but I think it was something along the lines of
1: minor. It, I think he said it was minor going into Auburn. Like, it was already there. Or did he get hurt during Auburn and play through it? I, I was pretty sure he said... Like, something along the lines of, like, he was dealing with a little bit before going into
2: Auburn. Uh, okay. And he said something about, like, he's gotten better every day since. Yeah. So. so
1: I, I, it is not. He
2: good. could play. Yeah. I okay. wouldn't anticipate him playing.
1: I don't, I don't think him in particular is necessarily, like, as valuable as he's been to the team, no doubt. But it's not like. I can win the game without him. Yeah. It's not like we're playing a super, super dominant big and we don't have Betty
2: Alka. Right. Because, like, Kam was good, but he's also. Only 6'9". He's not massive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been very good inside for them. But then you also have, like, Plovsic who come Plavsic comes off the bench, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Because he started last year. Yeah. At times. Mm-hmm. Um, Did they start Kamwa and Plovsic last year? I don't think they started Kamwa. No,
1: I, because they started Fulcic.
2: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot Marcus his, for his eighth years, years yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. So
1: Just had to earn that last bit of retirement.
0: Yeah, the injuries Tennessee's dealing with right now is Josiah Jordan-James, sprained left ankle, game-time decision. Julian Phillips, hip flexor stream, uh, game-time decision.
2: So So we got three potentially game-time decisions in this one? yeah. Yeah.
1: So who will be on the court?
2: Who knows? Don't really know. No idea. Let's assume, for the sake of talking about the game, Charles isn't playing. And then one of those, two for Tennessee. I feel like one of them will play. It's just me guessing. I I have no. I I think. I
1: think Julian Phillips plays and JJJ is not. That's my. That's uh, probably fair. fair. That's my feel. Which Terry Key's been on kind of a heater, so I don't. I kind of. What's he done lately? He's scored thirty-seven combined in the last two, which is well above his season average.
2: Before that, he scored three combined in the last three.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So he he's been on. He's
2: been on one. He only played eight minutes against Auburn compared to 31 against Missouri.
1: It would feel like in a game where you're trying to win win games or score points more than 46 of those, you might want your guy who's at least capable of that right. to play more.
2: Um, the thing here with the Tennessee and Alabama game is like it's similar, I feel like, to Auburn in that you have a, an average offense in terms of explosiveness – and ability to score in bulk, but you have a really good defense and you have a raucous environment that's going to cause a lot of problems for this, or that you would think would cause a lot of problems for this Alabama team, but you've seen them go into Neville and Bud Walton and Houston and a sold-out hump and Mizzou Arena and everywhere else, and they've just gone and gotten wins.
1: The, The raucous PMAC.
2: Nine days ago, all fifty percent <laughs> of PMAC. Of the PMAC, that's generous. That was generous.
1: I uh, duty doing Hobble. So.
2: That was yeah. The 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 Oklahoma game. We were talking about this earlier. It just feels like such a weird, like
1: fluke. The weirdest result of the season, like across probably Power Six.
2: because like, Oklahoma's not good.
1: No, they're getting.
2: Aren't they last in the Big Twelve right now? By a by a margin. No, because West Virginia is like a borderline tournament team. Oklahoma State's a borderline tournament team. Texas Tech beat Texas last night. By like 10. So it's like, it's probably Oklahoma bottom and then Texas Tech, but I would
1: still think Texas Tech is
2: a good bit better than them. Yeah. Really weird, but... Big outlier game.
1: Yeah, very much the like, the two graphs of like possibilities. Ours was at the way lower end and theirs is at the way higher end, and they intersect like one spot where they win. And that was that. <laughs> uh, it just does not. It does not regularly happen. Uh, but to your point, I mean, it's going to be crazy tomorrow night uh, in Thompson Bowling. Uh, Knoxville is going to be ready. All twenty-one thousand people. It's
2: a large Possible arena. People. Big. Large arena. A lot of people. That's NBA sized. NBA. Jacob and I will be there. Yep. I uh, will uh, be uh, watching
1: from the international. Nathy
2: is out with a leg, <laughs> so he will not be there on. On Wednesday, unfortunately, but he'll be there Saturday in yeah, Coleman. I will be for that Georgia game that we really don't need to talk about. No, Alabama's going to win by twenty on Saturday. You heard it here.
1: There will be a few sarcastic milk or juice chants, and that's pretty much going to be. Is it. that insider information? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> S- sell that on the the student section insight market. Will they see. start him? Yeah, they do. I'm pretty sure. Do they still? Or
2: was that just like a one or two game thing? I was uh, I'm
1: pretty sure he started against Auburn or at least starts with regularity.
2: Let me go to George. That's Kim really Paul not Wade. good for for George. He hasn't been
0: bad this year. Like he he did enough one game to get
1: a no ceilings.
0: Post. Yeah. So last like, five he got games, a no ceilings I'm sure. post. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Last five what? games. He's been okay with juice. He's been playing really good defense. Yes. Like that's not even something you can. I talk mean, he about. guarded well last really year. Good like
2: like jokes aside, like he was a good enough defender last year.
0: Yeah. So George has been running a lineup of Justin Hill, um, Martez McBride, Juice, uh, Matthew Alexander Moncrief, and Braylon Bridges, and.
2: He's averaging 20 Jersey minutes a is playing
0: game. playing 45% of the time for
2: them. He's averaging a hearty three points a game. He's up to 27% from three, which is way That's higher progress. than last year. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about Georgia. <laughs> they're, they're not great. They're probably going to play on Wednesday night in the SEC tournament.
1: Uh, I think they're clear. Are they?
2: They're in it right now.
1: Say, they're, they're, they're five
2: and seven, and the other alive. five and seventeen is Mississippi State. Okay, yeah, they'll probably. Be they're great. going to be playing on Wednesday night. Uh. But Tennessee, um, it, it's it's going to be like Brandon Miller's not going to go for seven again. Um, if Alabama can guard the way that they guarded against Auburn, and not let like like who on Tennessee is going to get hot? Key. Key. Dutch. That's about it. I mean Vescovic can. Vescovy sometimes. Yeah,
1: I feel like Vescovy, Vescovy
2: is good for one bank in three per game against Alabama. Correct. He's done it the last two. Year.
1: He's so shooting, count on that. This is his worst shooting year from three in his career. This year how many years? This is his fourth year. It, 36, 40.3, oh, and then 35.2.
2: He was 40% last year?
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: He was first team all SEC last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how deserved that was. He's
1: yeah. having 13 a game. I don't know. But like you're saying, he's gonna make a three or two. But I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not super moved by this Tennessee team. I think their computer numbers are inflated really heavily from some, no doubt, like very dominant defensive performances. Uh, but they haven't had the offensive firepower in those dominant defensive performances. The same way that Alabama has. Like I, I think you're looking at two teams on different tiers.
2: got like much yeah, much like the Auburn game. I don't think they can score with Alabama enough to win. No, like as I, simple as that.
1: We're gonna try and push the floor, like we talked about. Uh, Mark Sears like getting a rebound and immediately trying oh, to push the floor. Oh, he was going he was going. And so we put them in transition. Like I just, I, I, don't know. I'm not like tomorrow's gonna be a crazy environment, and Tennessee's a solid team, no doubt, uh, with some notable deficiencies that have been their weakness in the tournament. Uh, they've been their weakness against teams that play a certain style of basketball that Alabama plays and does mm-hmm. well. Like, I just I, I feel pretty confident about getting a win tomorrow night. Uh, wouldn't be, like, shocked if we dropped this just because, like, maybe a little bit of – They I, need I'm one. They need one, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need one to get back to the two line because your yearly Tennessee three seed, which not a bad thing, but whenever you're in position to be better than that, it can be disappointing. It's
2: uh, setting them up to lose to another 11 seed.
1: Or a 14.
2: Hey, or a 14. What 14 seed right now would beat Tennessee? Southern Miss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Eagles.
2: Maybe.
0: Maybe so. They, they may get the Sunbelt auto bid. We'll see.
2: That'd be fun. That'd be very fun. A Southern Miss-Tennessee first-round matchup? Yeah. You would
0: love that. Golden Eagles. <laughs> Loser has to claim Donnie Tyndall forever. <laughs> <laughs> With
1: a, I don't know where – I would assume Oral Roberts would not be a 14. They'll probably they'll be, be a
2: 13. 12. Yeah, they'll yeah. be like a 12. Uh, Score so. predictions.
1: I – I don't think they get to 65. I think it's like 77 oh, boy, 65.
2: Okay. 77 65. Yeah. Alabama? Mm-hmm. Matthew? I'll say
0: 74 67. Bama.
2: 74 67. Yeah. I'm going to go 70. I think Bama wins by like eight. So, what'd you say? 74 67. I'll go like 78, 78-70. Maybe, actually, no, they're not going to get 70. So
1: you think Tennessee's offense is the I don't they think
2: 70? they're going to get 70. They scored 85 last game. I
1: think it's the, the, the worst They've
2: scored. In, I don't
1: think <laughs> yeah. the worst defense in the SEC, but certainly the like. No,
0: you're right. The they scored 80 defense. against Texas. Yeah. They've scored 87 times this year.
1: Oh, sorry, Missouri is the.
0: Whereas Bama scored 80 17 times this year. <laughs>
1: Missouri feels the like every time. defense yeah. in the SEC. 2. Can you guess who is last in the SEC in defense? It's easy. It's LSU? No,
2: it's you're Oh. <laughs> That's bad.
1: Fighting Gigi Jackson. the the worst margin across the two.
2: I'm going to say Alabama wins by like 8 and Tennessee doesn't break like 68. Yeah. I, so, whatever well, score you want to put in there. Ben fits Wong that
0: criteria disagrees with us and says Bama loses 71 to 69. I don't
2: agree, Kenneth. I...
1: We're not getting. If we're getting held under seventy, they're getting held under sixty. Like I, I just,
2: Kenneth, I just don't agree.
1: No,
2: I usually do agree with Kenneth, but not this time. Mm-hmm. This is the only loss that Kenneth has left on Alabama's schedule. That's fun. Currently... He has Alabama by five in College Station.
0: <laughs> the only two teams that have held Bama under seventy were Mississippi State and South Alabama. <laughs>
2: South Alabama.
0: <laughs> Sixty-five <forgot>. to fifty-five, <laughs> and
1: then we had what sixty-nine against Oklahoma, I think. Do
0: we have sixty-nine? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we had sixty-nine. But against that's Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah,
1: like that, that's just funny. I, South Alabama. That's South man. Alabama game. South. It was wow. an awful game. You were there. I was there <laughs> at, at Mitchell Center baby. Uh, we have a seventeen point six percent chance of an unbeaten SEC record right now.
2: That's a really good chance, honestly. Okay.
1: That considering that chance is normally zero by this time mm-hmm. kind of year. Actually, almost always zero. That's
2: one. If Alabama wins this, I think if Alabama wins Wednesday, I don't think they lose again until the NCAA tournament starts.
0: I, I'm. I just don't know if I see Bama running the table completely. Who do they lose to? Maybe A and M on the road. Okay, I could A&M see. On
2: the road. I could see like you're 17 and 0 and like you've already clinched the SEC regular season sole mm-hmm. possession and like like clinched it by itself yeah. like you've clinched the championship
1: it's no a one else
2: 18. can tie it and then you have to go on the road and play Texas A&M like i can see like you being flat in that game just cuz it it literally doesn't matter at that point mm-hmm. um, that's the only scenario that i really see
1: that's a, a week 18 NFL game You've already clinched the one seed. You, do they start playing Patrick Mahomes? No. <laughs> <laughs> like... Do they rest their starters? <laughs> that's, that's like a legitimate. Uh, legitimate if Alabama
2: is 17-0 going into Texas A&M, do you start Jaden Quinterly?
1: <laughs> I, I, I propose this as a legitimate question. <laughs> like, Jaden
2: Quinterly. If, uh, do you start Jaden Quinterly, Delaney, Delaney Hurd? Adam is, Cottrell. No, Cottrell comes off the bench. Oh. <laughs> um, you still have to have some kind of length. Rylan at the three. Max
1: would really come in clutch.
2: Max in a boot. Yeah, you go you go Rylan at the three. You go um I don't know who goes at the four. And Pringle at the five. Yeah.
1: Kai Spears
2: come in too. Kai Spears. Does he actually is does he,
1: he dress out? Uh, he's got a yeah,
2: jersey. He dresses, he's yeah. got a jersey? He, he's got in,
0: I think.
1: Maybe. I don't he's know. If he's, he's been
0: dressed, I think. Yeah.
1: I will pose a question. 17 and 0 going into A&M, they've locked up the two seed. So you know, or the two or the three. You know, you're not going to see them in the SEC tournament until the championship. Do you, like, actually dial back a little bit? Yeah. Because you honestly, know, like if, like if you why feel wouldn't like you, you have a good chance of seeing them again, like, why would you throw everything out there? That's valid. And it's different, like, play calling wise than.
2: It's an interesting question. It doesn't matter if Alabama loses tomorrow. Big question, doesn't? No, it well.
1: It, it, it also depends
2: on what a And M does this week.
1: As long as there's a two game gap or more, which I, if a And M this week has Arkansas and Missouri, they go to Missouri and they have Arkansas at home. Two two tough games. One a two point win projected. One a two point loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee's now lost. Four conference games, correct? Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. Tennessee, Florida, Vanderbilt, Missouri. Funny collection of teams. Or Kentucky. Uh, like, there's the magic. If things went perfectly, you're looking at next Wednesday night in Columbia, South Carolina. That's I don't I don't know if that's
2: something's going to happen to where that's not the case. Yeah.
1: So then you're looking at Arkansas I feel like a guaranteed share as of right now.
2: So then totally. it would
1: be Auburn for the
2: outright? That sounds about right. Like
1: that. That's
2: what we were anticipating like a couple weeks ago. Yeah.
1: The magic number could get very small really quick. Really quickly. Frankly. Yeah. Like the, with the slate of games this week. Provided Alabama comes out tomorrow with a W, which I, I think we all think. What could.
0: is do we know what is the earliest Alabama can secure a full outright share of the SEC? Is that I think it's Arkansas. Arkansas.
1: Uh, if A&M loses both and we were to win both this week, it would be...
0: Would it be South Carolina?
1: It, the magic number right now, I think, is six. Six. So, because there are two games back and there's six to play. So, obviously, six being a combination of wins and losses. Um, we go 2-0. Oh, they go 0-2 oh this week. That drops to two. That would mean we beat South Carolina and they lose two, which I, I don't think they have a tough game. Oh, no, just kidding. They do. Then they lose to Tennessee next week.
2: That's they have a, a rough hour. Okay. So it could happen pretty soon. Yeah. Sooner rather than later.
1: It will happen.
2: But... Alabama's going to win the SEC regular season unless everyone unless gets hurt is. and they lose out, which is just not going to happen. Um, what, is that? Is that all we have today? Do we have anything else we want to talk about?
0: Um, Yeah, just really briefly. What you got? Bart Horvick has a similar resume comparison tool. And comparing Alabama's current 23, 2023 profile, the most similar teams would be Florida 2014, Final Four.
2: Kentucky 2015, Final Four. That was the 38 Virginia- no team, right? Huh? That was the 38-1 no, yes, team, excuse me?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. North Carolina 2008, <laughs> Final Four. Virginia 2019, National Champions. Kansas Elite Eight. 2010, actually no, that's 2010, round of 32, Kansas 2016, elite eight, Duke 2019, elite eight, Arizona 2014, elite eight, um, and then you get Virginia 2018, round of 64, Villanova 2017, round of 32. So with that, that's one, two, three, final fours, a national four. champion, four, four final, four final fours. fours, yeah. And
2: a lot of elite eights. eights. Okay. That's, um, that's, cool. that's a good sign. It is a good sign. For Alabama. That Virginia team was an at-large.
1: Probably lost the conference tournament to Duke, I think, that year.
2: That was the Zion Duke Zion team, Oregon. wasn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I can't help but think of that Duke team and Taco Fall on the same breath. breath. <laughs> what a game. Great great tournament. Game. <laughs> um, it was. Layup should have stayed in. but All right, I've got, we've got a few games this week to pick that are intriguing. First off, Auburn-Missouri tonight. I'm going Auburn. Auburn. I Auburn. think it's
2: Auburn's get-right game that they win by like 12 or something.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I would probably lean Auburn as well, but I think Missouri makes it close. Uh, tomorrow there's a few fun games. Kentucky-Mississippi State playing in Starkville in the hump. Ending. Oh, my goodness. In the under-refurbishment hump. I...
2: Wow, that's a tough game. I'm gonna go Mississippi State because they're at home, and they're on a roll. I'll go Mississippi State too. I like it. I,
1: I'm also going with the Bulldogs. Uh, Arkansas at A and M
0: tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> at A and M. At A and M. I think I think this is gonna be well, one where give me the Arkansas, Hogs. Yeah, I'm gonna say give me the Hogs. I think this will be one of Nick Smith's uh, better Master performances. Class. Nick Master Smith class. game. He's back. Didn't think I'd say that. Yeah.
1: What well, is this game for for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I like the Hogs. I think the Hogs need a win. Both of these teams need a a win. Everyone needs
2: a win. (laughs) We're at that point in the year where everyone needs a win.
1: Especially for tournament resumes to get there.
2: Because you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine SEC teams are at least six and six in the conference. And then the next two are five and seven. And you've got probably, let's see, who's in the field right now? Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, Auburn, Arkansas are like locks. Or not locks. No, 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 They're, like, squarely in the field right now. Auburn, another loss, will, like, really put them on the bubble. Yeah, they're
1: they're last four
2: again. But then you've got Kentucky on the bubble. You've got A&M on the bubble. You've got Mississippi State on the bubble. Florida? Florida could work their way. I think that Vanderbilt loss really hurt them.
1: I, I think so, too. But on the flip side of that loss, I think Vanderbilt and Florida are both in position to be in position if they win some games.
2: Maybe so. And so that's like eight or nine SEC teams that are hunting for a potential tournament berth at this
1: point. Middle heavy.
2: Very middle heavy SEC this year, which is good for Alabama because they're just running through everyone.
1: I also think, I mean, just cumulatively we've won 12 games, that has to make some sharp difference in making a middle tier. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it's true. So, yeah, I think um, you got any more games for us to pick?
1: Um, Saturday,
2: Tennessee at Kentucky, and then Florida at Arkansas. Arkansas is, I think Arkansas goes 2-0 this week. Maybe a big week
1: to
2: go 2-0. Um, give me the Wildcats, another one. Kentucky sweeps. they won the hard one. Yeah. So you think Kentucky's going to lose four in a row? Tennessee. Tennessee. Or Tennessee, excuse yeah. me. Tennessee Why, not? Losing Why not? four in a row? Four or five, or five of six? Five of six. They're banged up. An Auburn-like collapse? Yeah. That's what no, we're watching Auburn, right now. The Auburn collapse.
1: If they did make the tournament, Ooh, I, they might not. They they are on the last four buys today. And they I'll, are technically on the bubble as of today. This is their best chance to get a, what I believe would be a quad one win.
2: I remember if I checked bracketology in February and I saw Alabama on last four buys, I was like, wow, they're doing All pretty right. good. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy.
1: You get to the South Carolina LSU for two dollars. Two American dollars.
2: Two American dollars to see a college basketball game?
1: Of South Carolina and LSU.
2: Sounds awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Blue Collar Unplugged. Um, we will have another episode next week after Georgia is the plan. I think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening.